Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. You have your Bibles turned to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 19. We're going to kick off a series of messages called Financially Free, Financially Free free. And listen, everybody's talking about money. Everybody's talking about money. It is everywhere you go. I know sometimes people get funny when you talk about money, especially in church. But you know, with, with you know, what's happening in the world, what's happening in our country, you know, the economy is on everybody's mind. Uh, inflation, uh, recession, interest rates that are rising, the stock market and what it's doing. You know, there are entire shows and networks that are dedicated to talk to you about money. There's a program out there called Mad Money. Some of you maybe watch that. Some of you, it makes you mad to watch it. Mad Money. Uh, Squawk Box is another one. There's one out there called The Prophet. And it's not a documentary on Elijah or Moses or, or Jeremiah. It's about Prophets, you know, you, you can't even go to Chick-fil-A without them talking to you about money. I mean, for real, you pull up. I know how this works. Believe me, I've been there a time or two. First thing they're going to ask you is, can I get a name? Okay, so I give them my name. And then what's your order? And I place my order. And then they're going to ask me, do you want any sauces with that? And then after I say, of course, I want my Polynesian sauce, then they're going to repeat my order back to me to confirm that everything is right. And then it comes. The money talk. It's everywhere. You can't even drive through the city of Baton Rouge without seeing billboards of, of what the value of the, the latest Powerball is. Why is it that we can talk about money everywhere except in church? How many know God's got a little something to say about money? How many of you are more interested in what God has to say about money than what the stock market's saying? And listen, the stock market is up one day and it's down the next. It's 200 points higher one day, it drops 300 points the next. But my God, my God says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The Bible is the best book on finances ever written. 500 verses on faith, about 500 verses on prayer. 2,300 verses on possessions, finances, and stewardship. You know, in the gospel alone, 10%. And think about it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In the gospels alone, 10%, one out of every 10 verses is on money. The parables of Jesus, if you were to do a, a study on, uh, some scholars think there are 38 parables that Jesus taught. Out of the 38, 16 has to do with resources. Almost half of what Jesus taught was about money. He taught more about money than he did heaven and hell and sin combined. Isn't that interesting? So we're going to take a, a couple of weeks, and, and I know it's, there's always an interesting dynamic. You have great worship, and then pastor comes up and gives you the money talk. There's, there's just a, I'll scratch the surface. There's so many things that the scripture talks about, and we're going to do our best in this three-part series to unpack some th things together, to discover what God wants to say to us about resources. And I know I can't do it all you know, in, in three short weeks. That's why we do have a financial 
Peace University FPU class that's available. Some of you have already been through that. Some of you need to go through that. It's a great environment. It's a 10-week course that's going to equip you and resource you. I know we have that available at all of our campuses. You can sign up to be a part of that for a deep dive into resources because the, the truth is if there's one place that the devil would love to hit you the hardest, it's in your finances. A lot of people struggling when it comes to this part of life. And I believe God wants to move us from struggling to stability. I think that we can look at the scriptures and move in a direction that's going to be financially free. The title of the message today is simply this, Do Not Pass Go. How many of you played Monopoly back in the day? Oh, yes. Monopoly. In fact, I'll tell you this. I think the very first argument that Rachel and I ever had as a married couple was on our honeymoon, two days into this eternal marital bliss. I mean, we're in the Bahamas, day number two, supposed to be swinging from the chandeliers, baby. We weren't. We weren't swinging from no chandelier. You remember that? Girl, you got mad at me. You were so mad. Listen, she, she, there was a side of Rachel that I saw that I had never seen before. And it was over a game of Monopoly. She manifested, Nolan. I'm telling you, I'm like, Lord Jesus, what have I gotten myself into? Now, I had hotels on Boardwalk and Park Place. I think I owned every railroad station. Man, I had properties all over the board. And she got so upset. Babe, you remember this? You threw game pieces at me. I'm telling you, stuff was flying. I may have deserved it. She's a sore loser, but I was not a very gracious winner. I tell you, I was trash talking. Anybody, any trash talkers out there? Oh, yeah. I may have deserved everything that, that I got that night. You know, the worst moment in Monopoly is when you land on a go-to-jail space. Right? Or you draw the card that says, go to jail, go directly to jail, do not pass go, don't collect 200, look, give me my money. If you're going to send me to jail, give me my 200, right? You know, there's no greater prison than the grip of greed. And I want to talk for just a few moments this morning on a topic that may not be super popular, but I think it could be incredibly helpful. We're going to talk about how to be free in our hearts today and, and, and look at the grip of greed. Matthew chapter 19, starting with verse 16. This is the text of a guy who had everything, but he still felt like something was missing. Look, look at what it says here, Matthew 19, verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, why ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, well, which ones? The man asked. Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. Hey, don't testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Look at verse 20. He says, hey, check, check, check. I've checked all those boxes. 
I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus said, verse 21, okay, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then I want you to come and follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Familiar story. We, we call this the parable of the, the rich young ruler. How many of you heard this before? Yeah, the rich young ruler. Uh, I think there's probably one adjective that's missing in this lineup. I, I, he's rich, of course, because he had a ton of possessions. The Bible says he was young. He was youthful. He was ambitious. A whole lot of energy and ideas and, and passion and vision. He was rich. He was young. He was a ruler. He had authority. He had a platform of power. Think of all the upside this young man has. But he was also moral. He was a good guy. I mean, think of all the commands Jesus is listing, and, and this young man had done all of it. You know, I want to tell you this. If you're taking notes, give you three simple thoughts out of this passage that I think will help us as it relates to getting free from the grip of greed. Number one, greed is hard to detect in ourselves. It's hard for us to see it in ourselves. This young man had an incredible resume. He had a, a accomplished a lot. He had it all, but he couldn't shake the feeling that something was missing. Have you ever felt that in your life? Yeah, you, ever, you couldn't quite put your finger on something, but you felt like something wasn't quite right. In spite of all that this young man had, I mean, and it was almost complete. Jesus put his finger on the one thing that the man was missing. Don't you love that about God? How many of you know God will see the things that we miss? We've all got blind spots. You know, the world according to Mike Heyman, I, I see the world and, and hear some of the thoughts that I have, but my thoughts are always incomplete. You know, this young man had, had done a lot and had seen a lot, experienced a lot, but he was missing something. And so it motivated him to ask Jesus, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? It's amazing how he looked at his spiritual life the same way that he looked at his financial life. He got rich because obviously he was able to do a lot. So he thought that in doing, that made me successful financially. Maybe in doing, I can be equally successful spiritually. But the truth is this, that our relationship with Jesus Christ is not based on what we do. Can I have a good amen? Got to be careful. I want to correct some of our, our thinking as it relates to our relationship with the Lord. We can't measure our value based on what we do. You don't earn your way into right standing with God. That's works-based. It's not based on what we do, but it's based on what he has already done. Can I have a good amen? You see, religion is spelt D-O, but relationship is spelt D-O-N-E. It's not based on what I do to connect with the Lord, but it's based on me receiving what he has already done. This man was greedy and didn't even know it, but Jesus exposed it. Now, we all know greedy people. How many of you know stingy people? Only three of you? 
Isn't it interesting that greed is always somebody else's problem? We can, we can pick out stingy and greedy in somebody else, but we never see it in ourselves, do we? We don't. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Listen, in 26 years of ministry, I have never once had a single conversation with anybody who came to me and said, Pastor, will you just pray for me? I'm greedy. But listen, we all know stingy people. We, we've all been to lunch, you know, in the group and, and with that person that when the check comes, they're busy tying their shoe. Or, oh, I got to take this call for a second. I'll be right back. Or, you know, alligator arms. They can't reach the check when the check comes to the, to the oh, I was going to, I was going to, you know. We, we see that in other people, but we don't see it in ourselves. Let me give you a definition of greed. Are you ready? Greed is simply this. A desire to acquire that has gone haywire. Come on, somebody say desire. Say acquire. Say haywire. Now, there's nothing wrong with having desires or passions, man. I mean, God gives us ambition. And there's nothing wrong with having possessions. And we'll see that here in just a moment. But when the world is shaping your desires, that's when it gets dangerous. Finish this phrase. We all try to keep up with the... Yeah, if your last name is Jones, I'm sorry, man. We, we've just harassed you your whole life. Everybody's trying to keep up with you. You know how many know there's a problem when you try to keep up with the Joneses? Yeah, and just when you reach the status of the Joneses, you know what they go and do? They go and refinance, and now they go to a whole nother level. You, you can never keep up with the Joneses. In America, we live in unprecedented wealth, yet there's a famine of fulfillment all around us. How many of you know you can have everything that money can buy but be missing the one thing you can't put a price tag on? Can I have a better amen? We buy things we don't need with money that we don't have to impress people we don't even like. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> greed has so many different forms. And let, let me tell you something about greed. It's not a wealth issue. It's a heart issue. You can be rich and generous. You can be poor and greedy. Come on, are you with me? Let me give you a little self-diagnostics, all right? We're going we're gonna to check. You might be greedy if, okay? You might be greedy if. If you want more than you already have, you might be a touch greedy. It's like upgrading that device when the one that you have currently is just fine. It's getting quiet in here. Baby, I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens today. I knew I, you told me to preach like a man fighting bees. You told me to shuck the corn today, and I don't know, man. This is going to be a different day. You might be greedy if, check this out, number two. If you're fearful, you might lose what you already have. Not let people borrow anything. It's keeping all your stuff. Yeah, you go to Chick-fil-A. Won't even give a waffle fry to that person asking for one. Number three, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on some toes right now. Number three, you might be greedy if you're willing to do something wrong or unwise to get what you want. Hmm. Stealing all those free mints 
up here in the front, these prayer partner mints. Talked to you about them last week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we going there. Stealing them church ink pens. God sees. He knows. He knows. <laughs> you might be greedy if you become jealous when someone else gets something new. And let me tell you, these social media platforms just inspire greed. If you've been scrolling through Facebook and you're like, what? That's their third vacation this year already. Look, they're hanging out with Mickey Mouse again. Baby, we never go anywhere. You might be a touch greedy. You might be greedy if you have a hard time getting rid of stuff. Oh, come on, Hoarders Anonymous. If you cannot park your vehicle in your garage... Because you got so much stuff up in there already. Oh, sweet Jesus. I, I, I went there. If you have a hard time parting with stuff, say, you know what? I, I might need that one day. Get help. <laughs> All right, number six or five or whatever number we're on. If you, you might be greedy if you feel like God is holding some things back from you. Mm. God, you're holding out on me. He's blessed and she's blessed and they're engaged and I'm still single. And, you know, you feel like God's holding back on you or, or maybe this. You don't thank God for what he's given you very often. If your prayers are mostly requests instead of thanksgiving, yes. yeah. what if the only thing you had today was what you thanked God for yesterday? Okay, now let, I gave you seven things. How'd you do? If you checked one or two boxes, you may have a mild case. We'll pray for you. If you check three to five boxes, you've got a moderate case. There's a pastor that's willing to talk to you. If you check six or seven boxes, there is an intervention at the end of this service today. Number one, greed, it's easy to see in others, but it's hard to detect in ourselves. Look at this, number two. Let me, let me hustle through this. Number two, greed wants to be your God. Now, I, I've, we're going to do something very deliberate and intentional in this part of the message because I, I think this is super important. Notice what Jesus was trying to help this young man see. Jesus listed five out of the Ten Commandments, and this rich young ruler was checking the boxes. He was keeping score and felt like he had done all right until Jesus put his finger right on the thing that the guy was missing and says, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Now, here's the thing, because I know there's a stereotype when preachers talk about money. When pastors or churches talk about money, there's a little suspicion. There's a little guardedness. There's a, maybe there's a thought of, okay, man, he's after my money. He's after my money. Listen, if Jesus has your heart, then your money should be a non-issue. In fact, the scripture says, Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The, the, the Bible brings a connection to our treasure and our hearts. And he says, listen, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. He didn't say, go sell everything you have and give it to me. How many know Jesus doesn't need our stuff? But he wants our hearts. And if you give him your heart, then your wallet is a non-issue. Uh, Jesus was helping this young man see, I don't have your heart because you're holding on to your stuff. 
Now, this was a custom request. Are you saying, well, Mike, does that mean that Jesus wants me to sell everything? The only way I can get to heaven is if I sell everything, give it to the poor, and then I, I, I can be in heaven? No, no, this was a custom request because Jesus knew what this young man was missing. Now, he kept five commandments. He said, I've done that, done that, done that, done that, done that. But he missed the most important commandment, which is the first one. You shall have no other You see, greed had become his God. Greed will reveal who your God is. Now, Mark's gospel says that Jesus looked at the man and he loved him. Jesus wasn't trying to criticize or condemn. I want to tell you this. Love, when you truly love someone, you're going to be gracious in spirit, but you're going to tell them not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. Love tells the truth, and how many of you know that it's truth that sets us free? (laughs) Listen, the truth may make you mad first, but it has the power to set you free. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters. You'll either hate the one and you'll love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and then be enslaved into money. Can't serve God. I believe that materialism is the number one rival for your heart. It is. And God sees this. That's why he said you can't serve both God and money. I want to do a little exercise, okay? Would you give me as your pastor a little latitude to to do something? And, And don't be nervous, but I think this is going to be helpful, all right? I want you to take out your wallet. Everybody take out your wallet, all right? Ladies, get in your purse. Maybe your wallet is on your phone, so take out your phone. Maybe you keep it on an app. If you've got your bank on an app, go ahead and click on that app. Pastor, I thought we already received the offering. We did. We did. Don't get nervous. Everybody exhale. Now take out your wallet. You got it? I want you to see this because we are going to dethrone mammon. Okay, this is a little exercise that's going to help us take baby steps to realize who is the king of our heart. Now, you got your wallet, you got your purse. Okay, I want you to look at it for a second. Hold it in your hand. I want you to look at it. Check it out. Hold it. Caress it if you need to. Talk to it if you have to. Check in and see if there's any, is anybody home? <laughs> oh, money cometh in Jesus' name. Somebody says, Mike, you know, I know they say money talks, but the only thing money said to me is bye. (laughs) Now here, let let me tell you, there's a lie in our culture that says everything you need to be happy is found right here. There's a lie, okay? I want to expose the lie of the enemy that happiness, significance. Listen, money makes promises that only God can keep. And see, if we're searching for significance, searching for value, but if we're searching in this place, we're going to be empty. We're going to be broken, not just financially, but spiritually, all right? This thing will lie to you. My question is this, are you holding this or is this holding you? Now we're going to take a little baby step of surrender, okay? Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Take your wallet and give it to the person next to you. Come on now, trust your pastor on this. Oh, oh, ooh, 
some of you are getting triggered right now. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> did, you, did you feel the tension in the building? Is that just me or is everybody on edge now? <laughs> you, you, you got your bank account in somebody else's hands. <sighs> now, listen, I want to ask our ushers to give, come forward. We're going to give today. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Get a little nervous. Man, my neck's getting splotchy. Man, it's in somebody else's hands. Say, Pastor, where are we going with this illustration? We're, we're going to bring it right back. Okay, give, give the wallet back to its rightful owner. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That was a little baby step of surrender, okay? Now, here's the thing. Here's what we need to do. We need to take this and put it in the hands of Almighty God. Because when you put this in the hands of the Lord, then your heart can be free. See, sometimes we worry, we stress. Man, there's so much anxiety. There is incredible pressure that's surrounding this right here. And we think, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And God's saying, wait a second, you've forgotten something. I am your source. And if God is your source, you can trust him with your resource. Can I have a good amen? Now, one of the most important things I'll say all day is this. I want you to hear this. Hear this with your heart. Because now we're getting to the heart of the matter. Anything you have to have to be happy other than Jesus is something that the devil can leverage against you. That's a big statement, but I want you to hear this. Because some of us think, well, I've got to have this in order to be happy. And when you get this, you find out it doesn't make you happy. And so this leads to that. And if I can just get that, then I'll be happy. And once you get that, you're just as empty as you were before. I'll be happy when I can just get that, that fishing boat. I'll be happy when I can get that promotion. Well, I'll be happy, man, when I can get that relationship. I'll be happy when I can take that vacation. And we get the boat, we get the promotion, man, we get the relationship, and we're on vacation, and we wonder why we're so miserable on the inside. Money cannot buy you happiness. It can buy you a home. Oh, it can give you a house, but it can't give you peace in that home. I remember when I was in college and was playing basketball, we would constantly get new pairs of tennis shoes. We always had fresh kicks. And man, I, I was at my senior year, I had collected, I got some nice shoes in my locker. We get free shoes. And I would take care of my shoes. And I loved wearing a nice pair of shoes. Well, I came home one weekend from break and we didn't have practice. The coach let us go home and I, I kind of reconnected with some friends here. And there was a guy that I went to high school with and, and he was struggling. He'd kind of been with the Lord, fallen away. And I was trying to reach out to him, minister to him. And the Lord began to talk to me about all those shoes. In fact, I had a pair of Penny Hardaways. Pennies, brand new pennies, fresh, not a stain on them. Of all the shoes in my closet, that was my prize. And God started talking to me about giving those pennies to him. I said, I rebuke that devil. In that ain't God. You know how we do, right? Has God ever talked to you about giving something? And then you start negotiating. Come on, am I... 
Can I talk where we live? And we get real spiritual, don't we? Well, now, Lord, if it's really you, <laughs> as if the devil's going to tempt you to be generous. How many know the devil's not going to tell you to give anything away? Oh, Lord, eh, eh, God, if it's really you, just give me a sign. All I need is a sign. And then, you know, you, you hear like three trumpet blasts. You see two angel appearances. The bushes in your front yard are, are on fire. And you're like, Lord, just any sign will do. I just need a sign. Can't give them. Well, reluctantly, I gave him my penny hardaways. And it was just like, here. There was no, God loves a cheerful giver. There was no joy in that gift whatsoever. I part, it was important to me and I gave it to him. And I could see, the Bible says, giving a gift works wonders. It just opened up his life. And so I gave him my shoes and then I went back to school. Not like I had 15 other pairs I could wear. I came back home maybe three weeks later and I see my friend that I gave the shoes to and they were covered in paint. He was a painter, and he used them as work shoes. I'm like, those are my pennies. What'd you do with my... Oh, I'm glad the shoes are serving you well. You know, the truth is this. If God tells you to give something away and you can't give it, you don't own it. It owns you. And Jesus was trying to help this young man who had so much potential. Listen, I see something that you're missing. Greed, it's easy to point out in others. It's hard to see in ourselves. Greed will try to become your God and will compete for the allegiance of your heart. But if you give your heart to Jesus, then your heart is his your, 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 your body is his. Your possessions belong to him. And when you give God everything, he takes care of everything. But the parts that you hold on to, that's the stuff that you end up worrying about. Because God takes care of what's in his hand, not what's in yours. Number one, greed is easy to see in others. It's hard to see in ourselves. Number two, greed wants to be your God. But finally, number three, greed will cause you to miss out. Now, notice, notice how this, I wish there was a happy ending to this story, guys. I am a happy, happy guy. And I hate it that I can't send you off with a happy ending. But the Bible says this young man went away sad. In the Greek, it means he was greatly grieved or distressed. I want you to hear this. This is interesting. Here's the irony of greed. When we think of greed, we think of gain. Greed is about getting, but the truth is greed will cause you to lose. You can correlate the stinginess with the loss. You think that you're going to be happy by gaining, but greed lies to you and says the more stuff you have, the happier you'll be. But really the truth is the greedier we are, the more we lose out. You say, Mike, what are you talking about? Listen, this, this guy, the rich young ruler, we, we know his resume, but we don't even know his name. And notice what Jesus said. Go sell everything you have. Give to the poor. I don't need it. Give to the poor. Come and follow me. This guy, listen, he could have been the 13th disciple. 
This was a formal invitation. Jesus, it wasn't just generic to a crowd. This was to an individual. Now listen, we know Peter, we know Andrew, we know James, and we know John. We name our kids after the disciples. These guys are world-class and famous. Cathedrals are built in their honor. They have changed the world and turned it upside down. And listen, we don't even know this guy's name. You know why? Because he couldn't let go of what God had entrusted to him. You see, greed causes us to miss out. Now, let me finish this way. I'll ask the band to come up. Let me give you the get out of jail free card. You ready? I know we say do not pass go, do not collect $200. I'm fixing to get you out of jail right now. You ready? And I wish I could give everybody $200 on your way out of church today. That would have been a great thought. That would have been great. Babe, why didn't you tell me that we could have, that would have been awesome, to give everybody $200 on the way out of church, preach on greed, and then give money away. I love that. Oh, we should have done that. <laughs> Some of y'all holding on to hope, saying, Pastor, where's Earl? I mean, we just do like this. Bye, y'all. Have a great week. See you. God bless you. Here's the get out of jail free card. Are you ready? It's called contentment. Contentment. Paul said this, not that I was ever in need, Philippians 4.11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned, I have learned, I have learned. How many of you know that contentment is something you've got to be taught? It doesn't come naturally. Man, you know what comes natural? Stinginess, selfishness, greed. That is human nature. But godly nature says this, not that I was ever in need, but I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Can I have a good amen? You see, God will give you the strength to do anything, whether you have abundance or whether you're struggling in lack. You're going to make it. You see, contentment, I think, is the get-out-of-jail-free card. If you're content with where you are and what you have, you are free in your heart. Here's a little phrase that will help you. Okay, I want you to say this after me. Say, it could be worse. Some of you need to say that today. You need to think that and you need to say that. When you're tempted to be greedy or stingy, you need to say, it could be worse. You know why? Because the enemy will lie to you and say, well, if I had a newer, nicer, more expensive whatever, then I would be happy. Fill in the blank with whatever that is. Let's say it's, it's a car. If I had a newer, nicer, more expensive car, I'll be happy. You know what you need to do today when you get in your vehicle? You need to slide in that ride and say, hey, could be worse. You go home, whether it's your apartment, whether it's a dorm room, whether it's your house, you could be tempted to think, I'd be happier if I had a nicer, newer, more expensive house. Today, when you go home, you need to pull up in that driveway and say, marriage 
You may be tempted to think, oh, I'd be happy if I had a nicer, newer, more expensive spouse. Tonight, husbands, wives, when you go to bed, you just need to look over and say, baby, don't you dare say that. Content right here, baby. Bible says Jesus, who was rich, he had everything. He left the riches of heaven. Jesus, who was rich, became poor for our sakes so that us in our poverty could be made rich. If you've got Jesus, you have everything you need. Do you receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.